This is Dr. David D. Shine, and welcome to this special Saving America panel discussion on mass violence in America and what we can all do about it. And I want to underscore right up front, this is not a political discussion. I don't know that any of these terrible mass killers have ever asked anyone what political party they're in or who they vote for. And I do think that the people in Washington, whether they do something or don't do something, is not going to change the community situation. And that's what we're going to focus on. What can we as Americans do to make the situation better. I'm gonna put in my five cents worth here. You know, we, with inflation, it's marked up from two cents, of course. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to, to focus on a couple of the uh, nuts and bolts things that I think that we could do, uh, particularly at the local uh, level. And uh, one of the areas I, I'm concerned about is simply that uh, across the United States in many major cities, we've uh, elected district attorneys who have been releasing people. Uh, there's a, a, an explanation there that we're locking up too many people of color and it's not fair and they're, they're spending more time in jail than other people are. And I think it has uh, largely backfired on our society and there, there are a lot of individual killings that could be addressed. And, and while we're talking about mass violence, I think also we need to appreciate the fact that we seem to have a more violent uh, culture. Uh, in my early career, I was in-house counsel for um, a, a large oil company, and we had hundreds and hundreds of retail locations. And um, it was very rare back then for anyone to be shot. They would give up the money and the robber would leave. And what has happened more recently is uh, a lot of these small stores, when they're robbed, the perpetrator kills the person at the counter and other people in the store. And it, it, it's, it's happening all over the United States. The concerns that, that I have that I'm suggesting is that if someone uses a gun in a crime, that they be denied bail or that bail be set very high. If they discharge the gun, that they be completely denied bail. And that we, we begin to have a, uh, and I know it's a cliche and it's not intended to be a cliche or political, that we need to have more of a law and order society that people need to respect each other. And part of the reason for a legal system is to have a sane and well-ordered society. Uh, I also think we need to do a better job, and we hear this a lot with the police department. Um, uh, sadly, each day that goes by, we hear more and more about mistakes that were made in the Uvalde, um, um, the, the horrible shooting in the Uvalde schools. And it does look that the uh, police and the guards who were there um, did not act in the best interest of these uh, children. Um, I believe there's a proposal in Congress that would include funding for hardening schools. Um, of course, schools famously are, are no-gun no districts, uh, as uh, Dr. Heather mentioned. And this is, uh, you need to have somebody there, and it's, it's kind of interesting. There is an active debate about whether having 
uh, armed guards at schools is helpful or not helpful. Uh, I kind of like to think that we should move our society in a direction where we don't need them, but I think at the moment that it's, uh, it's probably a good idea, but these people need to be well-trained and they need to interact with the students and, and gather the respect of the students. So I, I think that's something that we, we could do. Um, there, again, it's a part of the proposal pending in Congress is to improve our red flag laws. The, the reason there's controversy about red flags is this person who we might red flag might be somebody else's not red flag. And so we, we have not sorted that part of the subjective decision out. But I do think that, uh, as has already been mentioned today, that we have a lot of people out in our society who absolutely positively should not have a gun and they should not be able to buy one legally. Um, we also need to do a better job of enforcing our terrorism uh, watch systems. Uh, one of the things that was mentioned that's not received a lot of attention is this uh, young man in Uvalde, the shooter, um, purchased 400 rounds of ammunition, which is an unusually large quantity. I mean, even if you're going hunting for a whole week, uh, you might carry 30 rounds or something like that if you're really bad shot. Hopefully you don't, don't use that many even in a whole week of hunting. But that it seems to me that somebody in Homeland Security should have been alerted when somebody buys that much ammunition at one time and is not um, responsible for, uh, uh, does not have a reseller's license or something like that. And uh, speaking of reseller licenses and the administration paying more attention, there was recently a case brought up that this fellow, and I believe he's now been arrested, but he had purchased 92 handguns over the course of a year, all of them legal, but then went on to sell them in Baltimore and in Canada and other places. And they know that because since they were legally purchased, the serial numbers are traceable. And so, uh, it seems to me that we could do a better job and somebody in Homeland Security could say, gosh, this guy's bought off. And I don't think it should get to 92. I think, you know, somebody buys, you know, five or 10 uh, guns at one time uh, or in a short period of time, again, through the legal system, the legal purchase system, somebody ought to be paying attention to that. And then uh, one of the things that we hear frequently is that our uh, shooters, especially these multiple shooters, have been bullied either at home or at school or at work. And we certainly, we may not be able to monitor as much in the home front, but certainly teachers could do better monitoring uh, uh, bullying in school. And we as employers, and I work with, you know, with, with businesses, uh, is to do a better job of monitoring bullying to make sure that people feel that they're more evenly treated and to try and avoid some of this resentment, which on top of use of uh, antidepressants and feeling isolated and everything else, uh, having a sense of resentment can certainly be that final motivator that causes someone to, to engage in, um, in violence. Thank you so much for joining us. And this has been a special edition uh, saving America regarding how Americans can address the issue of mass violence. This is Dr. David D. Shine. We really appreciate your joining us. 
If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your favorite platform.